Get ready, Vikings Nation. Welcome to Purple and Gold for Days, where my friend and yours, Mr. Justin Day, dives headfirst into the Purple and Gold universe, delivering the latest updates and commentary on your favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin from Purple and Gold for Days, and this is a Vikings First and Scold production. What is going on, everybody? It is great to have you with me. The Minnesota Vikings beat the Green Bay Packers 24 to 10. Finally, not a one-score victory. We put that W on Lambeau Field. And we've got very little joy out of it because we might have won the battle. But we lost the war. Kirk Cousins, Achilles, out for the season. May or may not have been his last game as a Minnesota Viking. We'll see. Oh, what a buzzkill, ladies and gentlemen. What a buzzkill. We had finally started to figure some things out. Why? Why do they do this to us? The football gods, after giving us everything last year. 11 one-score victories, eight fourth-quarter comebacks. You had to, at some point, know that they were going to come collecting for the debt that we owed them. And uh, we paid our debts yesterday. That's for daggone sure. The football gods. I've said it one more time. Vikings are Lucy, and we as fans are Charlie Brown, trying to kick that football and having it pulled out from under us every time. Every time. The first half struggles continue. We only scored 10 points in the first half. We should have had at least 13. And frankly, we should have had at least 17 to 20. But, and what's funny about this is it doesn't really matter now because Kirk Cousins is gone. And now we're talking about Jaron Hall. So I guess all I'm going to say is this. Try to have a few more points than 10 a game in the first half for crying out loud. But I'll say it is the Green Bay Packers. (laughs) Well, they got a field goal in the first half on their last drive they got one field goal they are now up to 29 points in the first half (laughs) they're worse at it than we are they're so bad and i wish we could revel in it a little bit more but seven games seven games is how many that the packers have played 29 points i mean that's four points a game in the first half oh isn't it delicious isn't it delicious The tremendous turnaround of this Vikings defense. The tremendous turnaround that Brian Flores has done with this defense. Listen, going into this season, I had said a realistic expectation for this defense was probably going to be around ranked somewhere in the 20, 20 to 24. That was realistic because we were so bad last year that expecting more than that was kind of, you know, too high a standard. Well, guess what? They're ranked 16th in scoring and 19th in yards. Now, granted, we have played quite a few garbage teams. Again, we've mentioned them. Chicago, Green Bay, Carolina. But you know what? It, despite the fact that they've lost three games in a row, San Francisco is still San Francisco. I know they didn't have Debo Samuel. I don't care. You can only play who you play. And at the end of it, so they have got this turned around. And they're going to need to step up their game. Now that Jaron Hall is going to be the quarterback, but we'll talk about uh, him a little bit more later. Yesterday, the Green Bay Packers 
First drive, three and out. Second drive, three and out. Third, fourth drive, three and out. They didn't get their first first down until their fifth drive. Now, again, is that partially because the Packers are garbage? Yes. But at the same time, you can only play who you play, like I said. And this defense has turned it around. For right now, (laughs) this defense has more than exceeded expectations. And I've said it a couple times that the defense did enough. 27 points against Patrick Mahomes at home? That's reasonable. That's reasonable, to say the least. To say the very least, that is reasonable. So, I, I can't say enough. I can't say enough about how well this defense is done. So, there's some solace in that anyway. I mean, it's not really enough because we still got nine more games <laughs> and we don't have the quarterback. Ugh. We got a defense, though. Is it the Zim Reapers defense? No. Is it the Baltimore Ravens in 2000 or the Bears in 85? No. But they're a serviceable defense. They're they're good. They're not great, but they're good. Jordan Addison is him. He is him. In the last two games, 14 catches, 205 yards, and three touchdowns. He has more than stepped up in the absence of Justin Jefferson. And prior to the bad news yesterday, I said, I cannot wait for Justin Jefferson to get back because we legitimately have two number one wide receivers. We legitimately have the best duo of wide receivers in the NFL. Jordan Addison. I don't even know what to say about the guy anymore. I really don't know what to say. The Lambeau leap by the visiting team. It doesn't get any better than that. Anyway, Jordan Addison, he's, he's just on fire. And you know, it gets back to for me to an interview in the Star Tribune a couple of weeks ago, and I think it was right after JJ got injured, where he's like, I'm going to show the world that I should have been the first wide receiver pick, not the fourth wide receiver pick. And he's absolutely, absolutely beaten everybody. In fact, I think he's tied for the league league in receiving touchdowns with seven. This rookie. And somebody asked me earlier, a couple, you know, right before the start of the season. Well, what do you put your over under for Jordan Addison? I said, well, you know, JJ's going to get 16 to 1700. Hawkinson going to get nine to 1100. KJ Osborne probably gets seven to 900. So he said, I'll put the over under at 850 for Jordan Addison. And I took the under. And right now, he's exactly on pace to get just slightly over 850 yards. Now, again, he, you know, took advantage of the fact that JJ's not there. And, oh, by the way, now that Kirk's gone, we'll see. Because people's numbers are probably going to go down just a little bit with Jaron Mahomes Hall. Just maybe. But for right now, whatever happens for the rest of this season and beyond, having two wide receivers like this. I'm not going to say that they're Carter and Moss. But what I am going to say is Carter was in the twilight of his career. And having Randy next to him kind of extended his career out a couple years. And, of course, Randy is Randy. But you could make the argument that these two guys are right there with Carter and Moss who are in my opinion the best duo I know you got you know Torrey Holden Isaac Bruce they were a pretty good duo yeah they're pretty good having said all that Jordan Addison what else can you say about this kid he's just unbelievable is this the end of Kirk Cousins time in Minnesota this is the end my only friend the end I don't know if it's the end or not. I could make an argument that it probably is, and I would say it's better than 50-50. He's going to be 36-year-old next year. And this is one something I said earlier. 
take Kirk Cousins out of this. Take the name out of this for a second. If you needed to sign a free agent quarterback who was coming off an Achilles injury and was 36 years old, we'd all say, no, thanks. Give me door number two. I'm not willing to sign a quarterback that has that kind of risk. You know what? He's not going to be able to pass a physical come March. He might not be able to pass a physical come August. So if we would say no, like, let's say, yeah, I don't know, Dak Prescott. Let's say he was in the last year of his contract and he busted his ankle again or had an Achilles injury. And people say, hey, should we get Dak Prescott and give him, you know, market value? No, we'd all say no. We don't want a guy coming off that kind of injury. (laughs) So I'm sorry, Kirk. I'm sorry, man. I really am. What did the Kirk stands always say to us? Give Kirk a decent offensive line and we'll see how uh, mediocre to slightly above mediocre he is. Kirk needs a better offensive line. The Vikings haven't done a good enough job of putting an offensive line in front of him. Well, the offensive line been playing pretty good. Ranked really high in ESPN rankings, pro football focus rankings for other, for whatever you want to take those to be. But, well, you know, if you gave Kirk Cousins an average defense, and I'll remind people he had a top 10 defense in 18 and 19, but he wasn't with O'Connell. He was with Zimmer, who didn't like him and half sabotaged him half the time. <laughs> I wish I still had that. I, I, I didn't want to get copyrighted, but, you know, y'all remember that game? In Zimmer's last year where Kirk went up to him and, you know, he's grabbing him and Zimmer's pushing him. Oh, gosh. You know, at the time, I was just like, what was that about? I take Kirk's side now. Absolutely. And without question. I mean, it's not even close. So it's funny. That's just so Minnesota Vikings, isn't it? We finally get Kirk, a pretty daggone good offensive line, and a, at least a, a pretty average defense, which is all we said we needed. That Kirk could actually win us a Super Bowl if he had an offensive line and just an average defense. We finally get it. And then he goes out to the Achilles injury. Why? It's kind of like the uh, Tanya Harding thing. Why? Why? I don't know. The football gods hate us. If you didn't already know that the football gods hate us, here's another example. Vikings fans are Charlie Brown and the Vikings are Lucy putting that football. Come kick it, Chuck. Come on, Chuck. Lucy, every time you tell me to do that, you pull the ball away and I'm landing on my butt. Oh, I won't do that to you again, Chuck. I've done it a thousand times. I won't do it again. It's not even funny for me to do it anymore. And she still does. The Vikings have found another way to break our hearts. And it wasn't even in the playoffs. It was at the midway point. We played eight games. We got nine more to go. I know 17 and midway point. Technically, the midway point is halftime against the Dirty Birds, but whatever. They just broke our hearts a little earlier this time. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Kirk Cousins retires. You know, Julie might go up to him, you know, because you know Julie, you know, he she she's in his ear and, <laughs> and then some, which is fine. I'm I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Um, you know, Ava has this song that was uh a sample from Bon Jovi. Oh, actually, technically, it was a sample from uh, Bonnie Tyler. But if all of the kings had their queens on the throne, we would pop champagne and raise a toast. <laughs> yeah. In the cousin's household, the queen's on the throne. And that, hey, that, that ain't a bad thing at all, you know. But I wouldn't be surprised if he retired. 
He's made a bucket load of money, 185 million over six years. You know, Kirk can say he's competitive and wants to wants to keep going, but it all depends on his rehab, and it all depends on how soon he can get back. Because, like I said, he's not going to be able to get back to show that he's recovered by the start of free agency and the start of the new year. The Vikings are going to have to make a choice, and I'm pretty sure that they're not going to bring him back. And, and I don't say that in a disparaging way, but I say all that to say this. Kirk offered him a discount, and the Vikings didn't take it. So even before this injury, outside of going on a ridiculous playoff run, the Vikings had given the indication that they weren't guaranteed to bring him back. And now with this injury and Achilles, 36 years old, I don't know. I don't think so. But I will say this. My Mount Rushmore of Vikings quarterbacks is Fran Tarkington, Tommy Kramer, Dante Culpepper, and Kirk Cousins. If you want to put Kirk above Dante by a slight margin, I'm not going to argue with you. I would put Dante above Kirk for by a slight margin, but you're splitting hairs. But at the end of the day, five and a half seasons, and he's on the Mount Rushmore. Now, does that say something about Kirk? Does that something say about uh, the Minnesota Vikings not really having too many franchise quarterbacks? I don't know. <laughs> Take your pick. Yes, we've had a lot of one, one hit wonders. Brett Favre, Case Keenum, to a certain extent, uh, Jeff George, Randall Cunningham, to a certain extent, Gus Farratt. Yeah, we had a lot of one hit wonders. Well, you know, Warren Moon was a three hit wonder, and Wade Wilson was a, f- a five year wonder. So Wade Wilson would actually be number five, and not because of talent, because there's been plenty of more talented guys, but you got to have some longevity in order to be on my Mount Rushmore. So, Kirk, take a bow. There were times you drove us crazy because we knew you had more in you, and you've showed us to you showed us that the last year and a half. Wish it wasn't like this because we had started figuring some stuff out on the offensive line and the defense, like I've mentioned. We've just won our third game in a row to get back to 500 at four and four. I mean, we started out one and four. We win three games in a row. Coming up on the easy part of the schedule. I'm telling you right now, with Kirk Cousins, they beat the Dirty Birds. Against the Saints, hopefully with Justin Jefferson back, they win that game. Denver, Sunday night football at Denver. I would think the Vikings would win, but after the Broncos just put a W up against KC, I don't know anymore. Then we got the Bears, then the bye week, and then the Las Vegas Raiders. It was setting up where they could have had an eight-game winning streak going into Cincinnati. Man alive. That sucks. That really sucks. (laughs) The future is now. Jaron Mahomes Hall, as affectionately called by myself and rap from Purple Pocket Podcast. The future is now. It's time for Jaron Hall. We got nine games left. I want him starting all nine games. I have zero interest. Zero. In fact, I've got a negative infinity interest in bringing in some slappy off the scrap heap. Say that four times fast. I have zero interest in. I have zero interest in James uh, Winston. I have zero interest in Andy Dalton. I have zero in- interest in Teddy Bridgewater. I have zero interest in Case Keenum. If you need to bring somebody in here for a week because Nick Mullins is still on IR, and you don't want to elevate Sean Mannion from the practice squad, fine. I don't care about that sort of situation. But I want zero to do with trading away draft picks to bring in somebody else. No, no, 
and I'm just going to say it. Hail to the no. Okay? That's just me. Because we need all the draft capital we can get going into next year. We need all of it. And the reason I want to have Jaron Mahomes Hall play the rest of the season, these nine games, it's a nine-game audition. And it's a win-win. Because if Jaron Mahomes Hall has something, like he turns into the next Russell Wilson, as highly as unlikely as that is, well, then you don't need to draft a quarterback in the first round next year because you got your guy. You found your diamond in the rough. And if Jeremy Holmes Hall is absolutely god-awful, then you're going to have a higher draft pick. You won't be in that 15 to 18 range. The best-case scenario, the best-case scenario is that you win – you go five and four in these nine games and end up at nine and eight. That's your best case scenario for any reasonable expectations. And so, yes, you might be able to sneak in as the wild card. Now, sneaking into the wild card with a fifth round draft pick who came in halfway through the season, that's different than sneaking into the wild card with Kirk Cousins. You got to adjust your expectations as to, okay, under these circumstances and this result, is one thing and these circumstances and this result, even if it's the same result means a little bit more. I'll say again, I would love to see Jeremy Holmes hall go like, well, six and three, seven and two, but that's, I mean, again, even though we've got a pretty decent schedule coming up, that would be, that would be ridiculous. That'd be ridiculous. But there's a couple things I like about Jeremy Holmes hall. He, can, he seems to be soaking up all of the information that he's gotten uh, being under the tutelage of Kevin O'Connell, uh, watching Kirk Cousins, that sort of thing. But uh, in his interview today, you know, he was asked, you know, how prepared are you all of a sudden to just be thrust in as a starter? Let's see what he said there. Very. You know, as I have a great coaching staff around me. Coach O'Hara has, has done a great job you know, preparing me. Coach Grant, the side with him, I'm in the KO, you know, so it's a great coaching staff. I feel like they've, they've done a great job preparing all of us each and every week, making sure that without our I's cross our T's and are ready to play, and, and that's just a professional um, approach you take every week, and, and I pride myself on preparation, so um, once you get on the field, it's just a game, and, and so I feel like you know, I'm more than capable and ready to you know, do whatever's asked of me. All right, so here's the deal. Anytime a coach gets hired and has an introductory press conference, they say, oh, wow, did he win the press conference or did he lose the press conference? Jaron Mahomes Hall won the press conference. He was eloquent, eloquent, loquacious. He had it going on. The, the moment doesn't seem to be too big for him. You know, with all due respect to Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell, whenever I put one of these videos together, I got to make so many edits to take out the you knows and ums. Yes. And, um, and you know, Jeremy Holmes Hall, I only had to make one edit. He's He at least knows how to speak in a leader type way. He he seems like he's not scared of being the leader. And I'm, that's not a disparaging thing against Kirk. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, this guy is a rookie taken in the fifth round. Yes, he's a little bit older because he went to BYU and he's, you know, had two years doing on the Mormon missions. Okay, fine. But he's a little more mature. People are always scared. Oh, he's 25 years old. Yeah, but he's 23 in football years because he took two years off. So I'm not saying get his bust ready for Canton, Ohio, and that he's on the fast track to the Hall of Fame. I'm also not going to say that he's already a bust. I've heard both sides of that equation. Oh, Jaron Hall is ready. Unquestioned starter in 2024. 
slow your roll. That's preposterous. And I've also heard Jaron Hall has shown me enough that I know he's never going to turn into anything. That's preposterous, too. Once again, the extremes are just so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Jaron Hall, he's playing with twos and threes in the preseason, and he got better each game. He showed some progress, and that's all you can really ask from the guy. Saying he's already shown you that that he's going to be nothing. No. Saying he already showed you that he is the unquestioned star. No. He's got a nine-game audition, and I'm here for it. Like I said, it's a win-win situation. If he sucks, you're in better position to get the next quarterback. If he's really good, you might make the playoffs. And you say to yourself, okay, now we don't have to spend a first-round pick on a quarterback. We can get a defensive tackle and get another cornerback. Get a lot of different things. You're right. It would suck if we ended up about seven and nine. Like, let's say he went three and six. And he's in the, in, uh, and then you're seven and ten. Excuse me. Still getting used to this 17-game schedule, you know. It's only been a couple years, right? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. You ended up seven and ten. Ugh. Once again, ending up in the middle is the worst thing. You want answers one way or the other. You want to be able to say, yeah, he's ready. He's got it. He has picked up on this. Or you want him to be just terrible. So we'll see. But as I have said for a long time, when talking about Kirk Cousins and whether we need to find a succession plan for him or not, oh, well, what's Justin Jefferson going to think if you have to get a new quarterback who's not as good as Kirk Cousins? You know what? This is a pretty daggone good infrastructure for a young quarterback. You've got a very good offensive line. You've got two number one wide receivers. You've got a pretty daggone good tight end. You don't have much of a running game. And I know everybody say, well, the best thing that a young quarterback can have is a really good running game. Okay, we don't have that. So maybe you use a draft pick, an earlier draft pick on a running back. I don't care. I'm just saying. To be plopped into the situation where he's got Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, and a good offensive line. Yeah, we got to get through one more game at minimum before uh, JJ can get back. And it it seems to me that JJ is going to be ready to go, you know, They say he was hopping around and doing jumping jacks and whatever else in the locker room. And that at the end of the day, he's just ready to go. So I'm interested to see what he does. Jeremiah Holmes Hall. I'm just saying he's got a lot of tools and he's got a lot of infrastructure. And if he fails, okay, move on. It's as simple as that. Thank you kindly for joining me today. Please follow me on YouTube, Purple and Gold for Days. And for now, skull to the next episode. You're listening to Purple and Gold for Days, a Vikings First and Skull production. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.